0: Hey everyone, just a reminder that this is a mental health podcast, so some content discussed may be triggering for some. If you're not feeling up to it, hit pause, come back another day, we're not going anywhere. If it is an emergency, please don't hesitate to contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. That is a 24-hour service. Thank you.
1: Turn up the talk podcast. Tackling mental health together.
0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Turn Up The Talk here from the Radio Hub Studios in Alexandria. Brought to you by our good friends down at the Clavelli Hotel and Doyle's on the beach. He's are joined by Pat Clifton, Lockie Drew Morris, and no Luca Moretti today. He's uh, stuck at training, the poor kid. But today we're joined by a pretty special guest. He's the founder of Maruba Movement. I was lucky enough to go up with him playing footy with and against each other. Fitzo, Bailey Fitzgerald, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, boys.
2: No How you been? Yeah, not too bad, obviously. Um... COVID and stuff, same pretty low key, but yeah, I've been pretty good for yourself.
0: Yeah, I've been pretty good the same thing, you know, with um, COVID, it's been probably not as tough for us as you guys, as your kind of more in-person seminars, but like the studio was closed for a bit and just in regards to getting in contact with guests and stuff, everyone's a bit iffy, which is completely understandable. But so Bailey, tell us a bit about Maribra Movement.
2: Yeah, so Maribra Movement is basically a program I started earlier in the year um, around mental health. Uh, there has been a high number of youth suicides, particularly in our area, uh, the last couple of years. And I thought, through my own experiences and taking a sort of ground up approach, I could put something together that's relatable for people and could make a bit of a difference. It's, we just briefly mentioned this more kind of face-to-face
0: seminars type thing. What exactly is Maruba Moving in regards to educating mental health?
2: Yeah, so basically the idea I came up with originally was that it would be um, seminars once a month. Um, on the basis that mental health is just like sort of like your physical health and that sort of thing, whereas you know you need to keep working on it. Yeah, it's something needs to be touched on more frequently, I think. And um, yeah, so we're running. We had two seminars earlier in the year in January and February. We ran them out of South Juniors, who were uh, kind of kind enough to donate their venue to us for once a month. And um, basically, yeah, we just cover all different topics of mental health. So each seminar will focus on a different one, and then um. We just get people there, get people engaged and get them um, asking questions and anything they want to learn about. So the first one was on drugs and alcohol, alcohol and other drugs. We had over 100 people come to the first one, which I was pretty happy about. And the second seminar, we had a lived experience from Dan Price, who's an IUAK ambassador, and he told a pretty powerful story about his journey to wellness. So yeah, the second one was good. And then... um, yeah, since COVID, we haven't been able to do them in person, so we've just been trying to make videos and get out in the community and things like that to, to keep content coming and people asking the right questions. Yeah, we had um Dan Price on for season one and like, wow, he's got a powerful
0: story, doesn't he? Yeah, it
2: was crazy. He had the whole room at his fingertips for
0: the whole hour he was
2: speaking. It was incredible.
0: And uh, another IU ambassador, Kevin Heath, who we've also had on season one, he's kind of got on board. Tell us how you got into contact with him.
2: Yeah, so I just uh, I didn't actually really know him um, before Move movement, but I just sort of I saw what he does in the community. Obviously, he's got a few hats that he wears and different roles he has. And um, a lot of people know who he is, even if you don't know him, with all the great work he does. And uh, yeah, so I reached out to him last year and just sort of said, oh, I'm putting this together, um, you know, would you like to be involved? And, and surely I thought um, part of my original idea was having like presence there, so Kev would be there in his yellow are you okay shirt, and I'd also have a psychologist there, and that just gives people presence and somewhere to, to go yeah. to and different resources and stuff like that as well, but I didn't expect him to be as involved as he was, uh, he's been a massive help, him and his partners there have been huge in helping drive movement um, to where it is now and get, get a better following, So. Um, Yeah, he's been a massive help for me, and um, yeah, he's my right hand man. We work well together, he's a good bloke. Yeah, he's a good bloke.
1: Those two, like, they just the way they talk about their stories, like, you just can't help but be sort of like, feel motivated to sort of be better about yourself. Like, I remember Dan's story and Kevin's story, and the way they talk about it, they don't talk down about it at all. It's like, this is what happened, this is what I did to get better. Like, I want to help people, it's incredible. But you said you had themes for the seminars. Were they themes that you that were common in the Maroubra area. that you were like you thought were playing into like the suicides. Is that why? You
2: yeah, went with them? yeah. So that's why the first one was drugs and alcohol. I mean, looking back from it's my opinion anyway. I think that a lot of them had to. A lot of people use drugs and alcohol in the area, obviously. And I think it's probably on the rise, and it is it is everywhere, especially around people of our age, sort of late teens and early twenties and stuff. And I think it wasn't more. So it, the seminar wasn't about telling people what to do or, or like from a legal standpoint is more about if you're going to take these things or do this on a weekend that's how you're going to feel afterwards sort of thing um, so that was more what that one was about and then I think also with Dan's story people get a lot out of hearing someone else's story and, and someone that's engaging and you can, people can relate to it and like I said earlier like the whole thing about trying to be relatable to people I think goes a long way with something like, that, like what I'm doing So you touched on
0: part of Maroobah movement, starting it up was with, we know the suicides in our area, but you also touched on your own experiences with mental health. Can you give us a bit more of an insight into your personal experiences?
2: Yeah, so I struggled with mental health problems all through my teens um, at different different levels all throughout. So there's a history of mental health illness in my family. So genetically, I was always sort of predisposition to, to experience a poor mental health or to get something like that happen to me. Um, But yeah, all through my teens, just sort of fluctuated. Like it would come and go. Be worse at other times than it was. But just through it all, I always thought, you know, like everyone talks about that stigma, and I think that was like a massive factor in it. Like when I was growing up, I was playing, I was playing footy, and um, I had an all boys school. That sort of stuff. You don't want to be the kid that's got mental health problems. And then sort of aside from that, I thought, um, you know, at at the time, I thought I felt like I didn't have any reason to be sad. Sort of thing as in like I'd take the mindset uh, that people were worse off than me or I can't feel like that because I've got've got this and other people don't have that sort of thing which now looking back is stupid because you've got everyone's you know got their own stuff going on and you've got to look after yourself but yeah so through my teens just struggle with it on and off and then um we hit some really low points so really low and um, every time I'd get to that low point I'd sort of the next day I'd wake up or bit after and be like you know what was going on there so then I'd think you know I'm tough I can yeah. handle it it's not going to happen again you know I'm on top of it but obviously I really wasn't and then um yeah it just sort of all came to a head um early last year and um yeah I was at work and I just like pretty much just had a massive breakdown and messaged my parents and said you know like I need I need to do something better so I need to get help for my mental health because it's, it's not going to end well if I don't yeah. and I think that was a big point for me because that meant that I had to commit to getting help after that. So it wasn't like in the past I'd thought about telling people about it, but I hadn't. I told them a bit, but not the whole extent. And then from that point, when I said that, it wasn't like okay, tomorrow I'm gonna to wake up and feel better about it, but I can forget about it now because my parents were gonna hold me to it, and I was yeah. gonna go through and actually get the help. I'm really grateful that I did that because yeah, looking back to where to that now, from where I was, just a completely different person. And yeah. that eight, eight, eight months of, or two years, whatever it's been since then, just completely Life, I feel like my life just completely turned around. What was that
0: like? I mean, I can relate a lot to that in regards to just, I was over in America when it was my kind of anxiety hit really severe and same thing. I just, I actually messaged my sister and cause they'd already been back in Australia. So the time difference is off and I just had one of those nights, you know, it was just, I felt like it was an eight hour long panic attack basically and I just messed And I said she's gone through her own experiences and I said look I, I really don't know what to do like it's got to a point where just I I, feel, I don't know what to do with myself you know uh, it got to a point where it was my birthday in America and you know I'd waken up and Ethan who was like oh, I'm gonna go on the ski fields because I'd held it in for me I didn't tell him anything and and he was like all right I was like oh, I'm a bit tired I'm gonna hang around and I just had a breakdown and it was my birthday morning and I was on the phone to Colorado Hotline, so I just didn't know what to do. And I was just calling, you know, I thought the answer was just, just speak to someone as soon as you can, so I was just, I was calling psychologists in Colorado, I was calling, like, helplines, I was like, this is what's happening, and it was really hard for them to kind of give an answer, because I'm just this, you know, I'm on a holiday there for, I was there for another 10 days, and they're kind of like, there's not much we can really offer. So, I same thing, I opened up to my parents, and, you know, they got me on a flight straight back home, but that relief, like you said, it doesn't go away overnight, but... That relief of just getting it off your chest and telling someone—how was that for you when you finally told your parents?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Like you said, it is a massive relief, and it, like I said before, it does hold you accountable. Like I remember, I was when I actually had the breakdown. I was at work. It was a night, and I was out west. I think I was like Wetherill Park somewhere. And my step, like I got the best family ever. They'll do anything for me. And my mates as well. And my stepdad came straight out and picked me up. I remember, I was like pretty much, I was in tears like the whole car ride home thinking like fuck like like is, is this gonna get any better? Is this better? Yeah. like I felt like nothing would work because I had doubled with psychology psychology before and, and seeing someone, but I never told them the full extent. I didn't actually exactly connect with that psychologist. But I think yeah. it's a big part of it as well, being able to connect with that person. So I thought it's not gonna work for me. Like I'm gonna I'll give it a go. Like I've given to a bite of thought like I'm just destined to feel yeah like this forever or just go through this up and down cycle. So yeah, that was that was it was a massive relief for me. Yeah,
1: what I think a big thing that we're trying to get out of a lot of the guests and that we're big on is like the thought in your head is way worse, and then you verbalize it, you feel a lot better. Did you have that experience? Like I personally had that experience. Like the thought, you're constantly thinking about stuff, and you think, oh, like this is the worst. Like oh, I'm going to have this forever, and then you tell your mate or you tell your parent or you tell someone. Like a weight off you did you have that
2: experience well? yeah i guess we're, like in some terms the perspective is a big part of it especially like i even use that sort of skill now being able to rationalize things more yeah. and put things into perspective and yeah you're right like when your head does the rounds it yeah. feels like the whole world's sort of crashing down but being yeah being able to rationalize that and put it back into um, perspective is a massive is a good tool to have for sure all
1: uh, right so what are the uh, what are the aims for the movement
2: yeah, we just try to just grow it day by day sort of thing. And oh, Like at the moment with COVID, obviously, like I said, it's a bit tougher because we're getting some momentum going forward with the first few seminars. But yeah, it's just, a, it's just more about creating a supportive environment for people when like you boys like exactly what you boys are doing, just trying to normalize mental health and make people feel more comfortable about it. Because so I found one of the massive things for me that turned it around was my environment around me and uh, the people I had around me in particular. Said I was doing all the right things when I was trying to get better as well. That was you know, eating well, training, staying off the drink, and that sort of thing. But I think as well, the people you have around you play a massive role in helping you get better. Like I said before, um, once I said to my parents, "I'm gonna, I need help." They are, they were, they held me accountable, and then I think the next day was straight up to the doctors, and then straight up to get a referral for psychologist, and then straight into it. And then even things like. Um, just being there for you, for, like to this and everything. Like, um, all my mates were as well, but one mate in particular, Anton Huxtable, like I owe my life to that, that kid. Like he was massive for me throughout that whole period. Like looking back I was, I was probably losing the plot a fair bit, like around that time. And he just, every time I'd message him, he'd be there for me. And even things like, um, he probably, they still wouldn't know this to this day, but, um, like my parents and him would message about me and like checking with me. They don't know that I've seen the messages, but I was just, I've happened to come across at one time, but they'd be checking in even though I didn't know it sort of thing. So everyone was really rallying around me and yeah, I can't be more grateful for everyone's help.
0: If you could give three tips, obviously you spoke about speaking out, which is the biggest thing and seeing a psychologist or your doctor or whatever it may be for you. But if you could give other three kind of lifestyle tips, to better your mental health and what improved your mental well-being? What would that be?
2: Um, yeah, what I touched on just before is probably like your diet and stuff like that. That also does play a part. Like if you're eating bad food all the time, you're not going to feel too good. Yeah, it. well, just sorry, just on that.
0: <laughs> Mark Mitchell, yeah. who we had, we bring him up nearly every podcast. It's not so much. He <laughs> said... <laughs> the guru. Um, he mentioned, I think it was 80% of endorphins are in your stomach yeah. rather than your brain. So that food... I, f- I found that unbelievable. I think it, was, it was something like eighty yeah. percent of your endorphins are in your
2: I in mean, your stomach. About, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I found that unbelievable. So, um, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, so just like eating well, that's obviously a massive one. I didn't know that stat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's um, something new every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, like exercising as well. Yeah, like you just spoke about endorphins. You get, um, yeah. I think like thirty minutes of like decent exercise is like twelve hours of feel with endorphins. So yeah, look it up. Just and then just like making sure you you take the time to, to like chill out a bit. Like I know me personally, the last like especially month or so, I've been trying to be more present. So between work and movement and other other hobbies and stuff, I feel like like you get a bit hectic. Yeah. So I'm just trying to be like sort of slow myself down. Like for Matt work, just I'm at work. Don't yeah yeah. Don't yeah, worry yeah. about other things that sort of thing. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
1: for us. So that's that was golf. Yeah. I <laughs> know everyone watching this is going to take a out of us, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, the like golf for me is something that I feel like nothing else matters and that's why I kept playing it because I was like oh how good is this and then that was the idea of the golf day we're like oh having fun people love golf yeah. let's do it but yeah I think that's an important one, being present like finding something where nothing else matters whilst you're doing it yeah 100%
0: Yeah, until you slice a drive or until, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it all comes back yeah. but um, I think a big thing that I found in regards to physical activity like, like you said growing up playing footy and stuff when you think of physical, physical activity you think of Coat hangers, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, it, you can stairs. just be, yeah, crudgy stairs, all that stuff. You can just be a simple half an hour walk, you know what I mean? Something or a swim, something like that. I don't think, I, well, I get when I think of physical activity a lot of the time, I think real high intensity training, which it doesn't have to be at all. Yeah, I know
2: exactly what you mean. Uh, just like more playing to the game. <laughs> yeah. You just think every time you exercise. Yeah, it's you know, hardcore. Hard. Hard. Yeah, uh, yeah, I still struggle to do cardio. <laughs> I <start laughs> stop playing for cardio
0: anymore. Oh, mate, it's tough. It's a tough gig.
1: We um, When we did the quarantine files with you, we spoke about sort of the like, reaching out for help and you thought that the stigma was the big barrier. Is that a real go-to for movement as well?
2: Yeah, I think so. Just like... Even just things like I knew that there were so many other people that were going through what I was going, I went through or was going through and even at the time I knew like people in my circle in my friendship group that had similar things going on and I knew that not everyone like not everyone would feel confident enough to be able to, to put their neck out so to speak and try and put something like this together so it's more. I know that there's so many people out there that are getting something from it, even if they're not directly giving us feedback. Yeah, hundred percent. Every video, or even if say like one of my main things as well when I first had the idea was that like, say for example, you boys hear about movement and Drew is feeling not feeling himself, but he's not ready to tell you yet. If you say, "Oh, I'm gonna go check this out," and he might go, "Yeah, I'm gonna gonna come along as well." And then he's there, he's learning something, but he's also like we've got the presence there, so we've got Kevin. Are you okay, share? We've got we have resources there too. We've got the psychologists there who do a little spiel about how to get help or what you might expect from psychologists. So then he's going home and going like, you yeah, know, I might I might go speak up. Yeah. Now. So you've helped him without every knowing you've helped yeah.
0: him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great. I remember when we first started this, you messaged you messaged me saying um you know I can go to London. You told me about what you had planned and to actually see you doing it and put, putting it in play. I mean, congratulations! Like it's awesome. Obviously, COVID's a bit of a hit, but um, I'm sure it'll take straight back off as soon as it's all over. I oh, appreciate it. Where can we find you on social media and stuff?
2: Yeah, at Movement on Instagram. And then Facebook's just movement No yeah, cool. website. Yeah, we don't need a website yet, but um, <laughs> it took us about it took oh, us nearly man. a year. <laughs> <laughs> <If laughs> We're we gonna get it done <laughs> by next year.
0: <laughs> but <three>. oh, <laughs> I remember so I, the, the first time we decided to do it, like within the first week, I fucking pumped out this like website, and then I don't know, I just forgot about it for eight <laughs> months, and I went back and I looked and I was like. That looks so shit. Anyway, so lucky like uh Steph, like, his girlfriend, she's jumped on board with our social medias and stuff. So she's been a huge help, like tweaked up the website and everything. So a massive thanks to her and We're the same. We've got um Kevin's missus, Sam. She doesn't yeah. know how socials Yeah, it's so much mate. If you should, if you go past like some of our posts, we just use different <laughs> templates we every lost time. The plot. But <laughs> like the last
1: oh like the last two episodes of season one, we absolutely lost the plot. We're already just because
0: <laughs> it, it is <laughs> pretty, it is pretty funny. Like brick wall background. Because like you went on camera to do that, you can design some awesome oh, stuff on there. You get, you know what I mean? You have used the same template for five times. You're like, fuck it. I want like a, a wooden wall yeah. in the background. And you, and you look back and you're like, that looks so shit. But in the moment, you think it's unreal. But now nah, I think that'll wrap us up, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having and, me. Glad um, you boys are
2: doing.
0: Yeah, keep go follow Move moving on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, please keep up to date. It's great work that they're doing and. They're still putting out videos and stuff during Corona, but once it's all over, we'll hope to see you at... Uh, is it still going to be at the South, South Juniors? Junior? Yeah. See you at the South Juniors. Once again, thanks to our major sponsors, the Clavelli Hotel and Doyle's on the Beach. And uh, thanks for tuning in.
1: Turn Up The Talk Podcast. Tackling mental health together.